Today, we are talking to Manoa Rain, a content creator, an educator, and just an all-around dope dude that has done some dope things. Manoa, can you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, thanks, Joe. What is up, guys? My name's Manoa Rain. Um, like Joe said, I'm a content creator. I do photo and video work for a lot of different things, ads, documentaries, um, I've worked with National Geographic, Spartan Races, Wix.com, a bunch of other awesome people. Um, and I'm also an educator with the NAS Academy and NAS Daily. I created the photo course. I teach people how to make videos from around the world. And I'm really excited to be here today. Perfect, dude. That's a hell of an intro. A hell of an intro. I want to say that. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, no big deal. Just. You know, I do work for Spartan Race and National Geographic, just every day, every day, you know. <laughs> hey, man, listen, th this is a pro tip for everybody. Have your 10-second pitch ready to go at all times. Oh, you want to hear mine? It's ready. Let's, let's go. All right, perfect. Hi, my name is Joe, and I am not your average Joe, a veteran-turned-creator dedicated toward helping people find the creator within and turn passion into purpose. If it's for people like on online or if it's for businesses, I say, hey, I help you, you know, build stronger relationships with clients, both the ones you already have and potential. If it's for a business, you know, it's via Bam. advertising. Listen to that, guys. You hear that like it was totally prepared. There's no stutter, pure confidence. If you can open up with that with anybody, you are golden. I will say the energy you give off and the just just it, everything's. People pick up on the things that you don't expect. So before we even get into like the official podcast, I love where we're going here. I do want to say, you know, confidence is key one, and you have to believe that confidence. It's not like you can come off confident. You have to believe that you're worth whatever you're asking for. A hundred percent. And a lot of times that, that just comes with experience and time. I think a lot of people think it's something you just naturally have. But no, man, I, when I first started, I was like, super scared. I, I barely talked. I wasn't confrontational at all. Not that I'm like super confrontational now, but I'll speak up for myself, you know, and that just comes with the, with the experience. Of course. I mean, I, uh, we'll get started after this. I just want to say, you know, it can feel very intimidating at first, but when you realize that, you know, like you see all these creators that are quote unquote ahead of you, but all it means is they've been doing a little longer, right? Like they're not physically, 100%. you know, may maybe some of them are, but they're not like more gifted than you necessarily, right? It's just the time. It's the effort. It's the work. If you put your head down and you work, right? Um, I had a saying that I grew up with, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, right? So all you got to do to be the best is to work harder than everybody else. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think uh, most professionals don't feel professional. I think they're still, they're always still wondering what's next or worrying about their skill set. I think that's something you never really uh, get rid of as a creator. I agree 100%. And it's like in a world where everyone's trying to shut you down or not necessarily like in a negative aspect, right? Like people are trying to bring themselves ahead. And in order to get ahead of uh, in order to get ahead themselves, they got to get ahead of you, right? So in a world where everybody wants to get ahead of you, why are you going to push yourself down farther? One. Mm -hmm. And two, one thing that really resonates with me, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Road Trip Nation, right? Um, have you? I have not. No? Well, I, I, I'm reading their book, Roadmap, and I found them online, and I listen to their podcast and everything. And there's this episode, and they say, hey, um, 
it, you're not much of an uh, like an explorer if you're not lost, right? So when you're when you're scared to do something, right? You got to think about that. You got to think. You got to like keep that in mind. If you are struggling and you feel lost and you just don't know what you're doing, now you're you're out of the comfort zone. You're growing. I love that so much. I think that's just good advice for anybody, creator, entrepreneur, or just literally anybody in the world. Seek that discomfort because that is where you grow. I agree 100%. That's why I'm trying to live. Um, I don't think I've announced this on the podcast yet, but I'm living in, well, working on living in an RV, a 1989 Fleetwood Limited. (laughs) That's going to be crazy, man. I can't wait to just watch that adventure and, and the content that you'll be able to make out of that. Uh, what an entertaining like story and like super fun thing to do, especially right now where everybody's kind of locked up. Thank you, man. I can be locked up on the road. <laughs> but it's crazy. It's 40 feet of just pure nostalgia and just wonderment. And then I got, the tra- I got a trailer now for it so I can tow my car so I can just park, live, and drive around. And I mean, this has been a dream of mine for a few years, and now that it's coming to fruition, it's crazy. And I've already got, um, I've got about three videos. I haven't posted anything because everything has been happening. But I'm gonna do a look back at 2020. I'm gonna do, you know, I've got the intro video for the RV done. I just have to post it. But I want to get that recap video, and then I've got the first RV chronicle, me getting the trailer done, and it was crazy. Hell yeah, man. Can't wait to see that. Definitely let, I'm sure we all like to see it. Let us all know. I'm sure we'll see it on your stories and stuff. Thank you, man. Uh, Anyway, without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into this podcast with Manoa Rain, uh, the man you came here to listen to and just hear speak again. Uh, Try to make that rhyme. (laughs) It was close. It was close. Close. It was close. Um, First of all, just kind of a, a, I want to ask you this question. It's a pre-question. What do you shoot with or what do you prefer? Like Canon, Sony, Nikon? Sony all the way, baby. 100%. Um, I I started with Canons with the uh, Rebel T5i. I love that thing. It was great. Um, But a lot of my shooting um, used to be events before COVID and documentaries and so I never really know what lighting situation I'm going to be in. And Sony's just excel with that low light ISO performance. And so I've been sticking with Sony's for quite a few years now. And I currently have the uh, Sony a7 III. That's my main cam. And hopefully I'll be getting that sexy S3 soon. I have been waiting for that thing for years. Dude, I'm rocking the same thing. And I've got, oh, dude, I love that thing so much. I've got... A perfect trio for lenses. I'm trying to get a prime lens, but I've got that 17 to 28 um, Tamron, that that 24 to 70 2.8. Um, oh crap, Sigma. Oh, the G Sigma? Master. No, oh Sigma. yeah, the Sigma. The Sigma. Just because the quality so difference wasn't enough for me to get the G Master, and then Dude, I went ahead and got the 70 to 200 G Master. God, that is epic. I'm glad you went with that Sigma because I have this the 24 to 70 G Master, and yeah, I mean it's like double the price as that Sigma for very little extra sharpness, um, and some slight less uh, vignetting on the edges. And man, that Sigma could have saved me so much money. I could have bought a new lens. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's just why I did it. And I went, so I was looking at the 70 to 200s, and I didn't realize how big of a difference f4 and f2.8 was. 
if you're shooting a 70 to 200, you don't need f2.8 for any reason. For There's sure. no reason. <laughs> f4 is like f2.8 on any other lens. But what I looked at, is I was, was going to get the cheaper version, it was $1,400. And so I just went ahead and went, you know what? I'm going to invest in myself as a professional, you know, and say every time I look at that lens, I can remind myself, I am a professional. I do what I do professionally, right? And it's it's kind of like that, like, if I'm on a shoot and I'm not, uh, what is it, uh, that saying? If I'm not lost, right? If I'm out of my comfort zone, I look down at that lens and I think to myself, I got this. And for me, that was worth the extra money. And I got, it, 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 made, a, it made a bigger difference uh, between the competitive lens and the G Master lens with the 70 to 200 for me. Yeah, I haven't got to try the uh, the G Master version, but I mean, the 7200 is so classic, and I think that anyone looks like a professional when you're holding that lens, because it just looks so badass. Well, dude, it was crazy because um, I never shot telephoto. I started with Canon, too. I had a Canon 70D after watching Casey Neistat, nice. and I wanted the Sony a7 III for like almost a year. I get it, and then the Sony a7S III comes out, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and uh, then I was I actually got professional lenses and not just like the the cheaper Canon lenses. And so I've really been able to see lately the difference that gear can make shooting on a Ronin versus handheld, getting a monitor because they don't have that flip out screen. Right. And just like all these little things. Yeah, I mean, pro tip, guys, lenses do not go down in value and just unless you scratch them or break them. And so like uh, a good lens is more important than a good camera because it's like buying a nice car. You don't put shitty rims on a Lamborghini. You, you need some <laughs> nice rims on that thing. But, you know, nice rims on a crappy car maybe can make it look a little bit better, make it look a little cooler. Oh, dude. And, well, I mean, first you're going to feel more professional. You're going to, you know, like the lens is just going to feel better. It's going to last longer because usually they're metal and not plastic. Um, There's just the upside is crazy. You know, when you take that investment. Oh, like, my God. Creating in itself is an investment into yourself, right? Because you got to drop a thousand, two thousand, uh, an initial camera, a lens, a uh, computer before you even learn. And so, taking that leap of faith into pref- or, or better gear is definitely worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, you won't have to replace it. Like things you don't have to ever replace: good lenses and a good tripod. I tell all of my students, like, I listen, I understand a $200 tripod sounds insane, but you will never have to buy another tripod ever, ever again. It's like, just go for it. Because those, those cheaper made gear, it'll break, it'll lose value, it'll go away. Get that sturdy stuff, especially your support gear, because you need something reliable to hold your thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Oh, yeah. Imagine. Uh, well, it's, it's like what you said, right? You're not going to buy a Lamborghini and put the, the cheapest grade fuel in it, right? You're not going to put unleaded fuel in a Lamborghini. So why would exactly. you set this nice equipment on this crappy tripod? My pro tip, right? And this is coming from a traveling creator. Um, one of the things I like or I'm glad I did is I bought like a really nice studio tripod, um, one of those big bulky ones. And then I bought, I have a traveling one. I have a Manfrotto. And I didn't, you know, it was like 60 or whatever bucks. And it's got, the, uh, I don't know. That thing has just been amazing. Literally, it's lasted since I first started as a creator. So I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I think having that sturdy, the sturdy tripod and the tripod, you're you're willing to, to hurt a little bit. That's probably a good move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, on the on the go, like, 
it, it's not that it's sturdy. It's just like huge. It's heavy. I believe it's Monfrado as well. But um, it's the ones that are like the fluid heads, I believe. Yeah, yeah dude. Fluid heads are essential. I, I do. I, I love Manfrotto, uh, but their like default heads on their tripods are like so bad, at least in my experience. They have some weird ones, but their fluid heads are excellent. But you're having to drop like an extra 100, 150 on something like that. Yeah, I got a good deal on mine. Mine's like an actual, like it's it's beefy. It's heavy. It's got, um, I don't know what, what, what kind it is, but it's uh, an older version. When I bought my Sony, the guy just shipped it to me, you know, with the camera. And so I was like, hell yeah, it's my first like, uh, it's got like this little like wheel on it. You can crank the uh, the, the camera up. Uh, it's just, it's one of those really big oh, nice. tripods, like the studio tripods. Yeah. And then the other one's just, I strapped in my backpack and I go. I want to like invest in a new tripods, but it's just, I can't, I can't, um, I can't, I can't explain it. Right. Or not explain. I can't, what is that word I'm looking for? Justify, Justify it. it. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Anyways, I asked that because I was going to mention Sam Newton and just say that like, it's funny. Um, I know there's a couple of people like Brandon Wolfel, but mostly I never find anybody that shoots Nikon, especially if they do video. So what do you think about Nikon? Yeah, I mean, like, Nikon used to be the number one camera, like, maybe like 20 years ago, but they've really fallen off. Um, I, they're really only good for photos. Like, you should probably never use a Nikon for any sort of video work. And even their, their photo cameras um, are starting to fall behind when it comes on the specs. Like, right now, it's mainly Canon and Sony. And Sony's uh, at least from my knowledge, has really been killing it for, from the specs to price perspective. The value you get out of a Sony is, is incredible. Um, so, yeah, I think Nikons are honestly going to be obsolete in probably the next five years. Uh, yeah, well, I think they're doing the same thing that Kodak did. They're like, we have got a good product. We don't need to change, right? Because they were at the top at one point. And then because mm-hmm. they didn't change, they fell kind of like Rome, right? They're like, we're the best, we're good, <laughs> we're comfortable. And I think that was the issue. And they just haven't been able to pick up the pieces fast enough. Because I, I I don't know, what the camera world got really crazy over the last like six months to a year, right? Over COVID. And uh, it was crazy to watch like Canon drop uh, a Canon or a camera, right? They dropped the camera and then they're like, look what we made, 8K and all this other stuff. And it was like Sony waited so long. Their, their A7 III stood the test of time for so long, and then they just mic dropped them. Like, they're like, oh, you got 8K? Well, we've got 4K 120. we got all these specs, and our camera doesn't, you know, heat up like a toaster oven. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think they've had this technology for a while, and they just wait to see, like, all right, Canon's about to drop it. Now it's time for us to drop ours, and, like, uh, they're probably honestly a few generations ahead of the game. Like I know that Apple does that, um, or at least that was Apple's original design philosophy is like perfect the technology years in advance and just like wait for everyone else to catch up. Uh, so I feel like we're going to slowly see more and more advancements. And it's really exciting. I mean, for just the general public, because um, like we're getting professional quality gear at like a consumer level price now. Like you don't need a a $10,000 cinema camera to make like a film. You can use a a $2,000 camera and it's going to look beautiful. 
in most situations. Obviously, you need to have good lighting and storytelling with your visuals, but the quality is for the price is just nuts. Yeah, well, I mean, especially on like a, a traveling creator standpoint, like you look at, you know, drones, what do drones allow us to do? Not spend ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a single shoot, right? Now we've got something that costs a fraction of that. We can put it in the air at any time almost, you know, within guidelines. Um, but you just you have this thing that you can put in a backpack and travel with you. It's not you're not you're not you're not renting a helicopter crew, you're not doing all this other stuff. And then the cameras that used to cost fifty, you know, hundred thousand dollars now almost fit in the same camera bag. It's crazy the advancements we've made. Yeah, and I, that's a great point about, um, like, you don't need a crew anymore. You just need, like, a guy with a drone. And I think that that's where things are going to head more and more is people are go- going to become their own one-man armies. And we're already seeing that with YouTube, with TikTok and stuff. But um, I'm even noticing that from a production standpoint. Um, like, I, I just made a few ads for Grubhub. Um, actually they're, I'm working on them right now and I was the only person shooting and editing this whole ad. Um, and we had a director and a producer there to help out, but normally these shoots five, 10 years ago would have had, you know, maybe seven to 10 people for like, you need the sound guy, you need the assistant camera, you need the focus puller, the, you know, and all of these people. And now it's just getting easier and easier and easier for uh, one person to, to do the job. It's really cool, I think. Yeah, well, as Casey Neistat once said, story is king. And I just want to say that I love this creative banter. I'm sorry, I'm letting this you know podcast kind of intro drag on a little bit. We'll get into the first question for you. It's just so nice to have a creative that's passionate and enjoys the stuff as much as I do. We can just like geek out a little bit. But I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite part of being a creator? Do you like photo or video content more? And what inspired you to create? Ooh, okay, great questions. Um, it's really difficult to decide if I like video or photo more. I like the power that video has and the influence that video has because um, you can tell such a, a, an amazing story and really make people you know, feel emotions with video. But I have a lot more fun with photography because it's uh, really just a lot simpler and it's easier to get like cooler shots. It doesn't take as much time or effort, at least in my experience, in my like capability. Um, How, what was the other question? Like how did I get into creating? Yeah, so what's your favorite part of being a creator? And then I asked, do you like photo or video content more? You, you answered that. And then what inspired you to create? So just your favorite part and the inspiration. Uh, favorite part um, is the editing process, which is hilarious because I – can I cuss on this, by Dude, the way? I don't care, man. Oh, whatever whatever helps I, you tell the story. I cuss all the time. Cool. I even cuss in class, which may not be professional, but I'm like, screw it. Um, well, look at Gary V. Exactly. Who, who cares, you know? Um, but man, editing, I think, is the biggest bitch in the world. But at the end of the day, it's probably what gives me the most fulfillment uh, because that's really where you breathe life into either your photo or your video and you start crafting that story or guiding the viewer's eye and adding all of these colors. And, um, you know, it's really where you add that wow factor. 
And so even though that's so complicated and it can take so much time and you'll never be able to perfect it, it's still the, the most fun experience for me. Um, how I got started with creating or like what inspires me to create, man, I, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. Recently, money has inspired me to create, and which has been a noticeable thing that uh, I don't want because I can, I'm not really motivated to create things right now unless I'm getting paid for it because in my mind, it's just like, why, why bother when I can create and make money? Um, and so that, that may be, I don't know, a surprising answer to hear for some, but that's just the honest truth, at least in the moment. I mean, it's COVID, things are uh, happening, I will take money wherever I can get it, and so that's my, my main inspiration for now. I love that, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree to a, a, perspe- or a percentage. I think right now, I'm getting back to the YouTube, I'm getting back to the podcast, I don't get paid for these yet, right? I could in the future if I just keep pushing for it, right? Because you cannot lose unless you give up. That's my kind of mindset, and that's how you have to be as a creator. Um, I know a lot of <laughs> a lot of words for a simple idea. But I was going to say, I feel like, you know, the paid work is your professional, you know, your highest quality work that you can produce right at this given moment. And then the the, the free work, the YouTube and the, the you know, the, the Instagram and everything else that you're doing is kind of a way to flex that creator muscle, kind of like going to the gym so that you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And so that's how I kind of look at it. I a hundred percent agree, man. Um, I, I just feel like I'm at the point where I have so much like paid work coming in that the free time I do have, I'm so creatively exhausted because I've been working on those like high end gigs. And so it's, it's kind of a struggle for me to, to balance that right now. Cause there, there are so many things I want to do. I mean, my roommate even gets on to me about this sometimes where he's like, you, you say you want to do all these things, but it's like you only have so much creative energy that, that you can spend. And it's, I think it's important that you take a break away from creative stuff because, uh, I, at least for me, I get burnt out very easily. And so I need to take those breaks even throughout the day to kind of like recharge. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's a good problem to have, right? We're all at different levels. That's just where I'm at. I had to kind of, I don't want to say drop paid work, right? I'm in a smaller town, and so it's like a grind to get that work until, you For know, sure. that, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm traveling, so I can get my name out there. I can get some things going. And so I'm not, I'm kind of slowing down because I'm moving into the RV. I'm getting everything back packed out of the apartment and so my schedule went from like booked up to like I'm, I'm looking at all these holes and I have to fit everything in those holes and so that's why I'm saying what I'm saying is just to keep that creative muscle flexing I'm going to do whatever I need to do you know but you yeah. there, there's this trade-off like you know I, I'm, I'm sure Casey Neistat didn't do a lot of paid work right because he was vlogging every day um, but at the same time there's a lot of amazing creators you've never heard of that make so much, probably millions, right? Just because they, they picked what they wanted to focus on. Or like finding a niche? Well, I mean, even more than a niche, a niche is more like what you're going to create, but just like, hey, do I, wanna, do I want the fame and notoriety or do I want the money, right? And so you, you try to find like a balance between that that's important to you. Right now, I want to help people. I want to be a teacher. And then I feel like after I get my name out there, after I have an audience, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to keep 
getting paid to create during this process. But I, after that, then I'll have more people coming to me, wanting me to create things, you know, for them in my style and not just, Hey, I've got to get this shoot done. You know, they're going to be like, no, I want this shoot done. However you create your works. Cause I like your works. I'm not just hiring a photographer. I'm hiring Joe. Right. And that's what I'm making the yeah. push for. Man, that, let me tell you, that is going to be the most amazing feeling like, and it will happen probably a lot sooner than you think, especially since you're, you're putting all this effort in and, and traveling and creating. Um, it's awesome when you get that message saying like, listen, we, we trust you to, to do whatever you want. Like we want your vision to, to be involved in this. So I, I think you're going to get there super soon, man. Again, especially with, with all of the effort you've, you've been putting in. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, no, I do. It, it's a grind, but I, I love it. Like, if I can lay down at night and not be worried about my own demise, then I'm doing something right, right? <laughs> like, if, yeah, honestly, though, like, if I can go to bed at night and I don't have that thought in the back of my head that says, hey, time is flying by so fast you're going to die soon, right? I think that comes from the unfulfillment, the, the, the voice that said, oh, you could have eaten better today. Oh, you could have done better. Oh, you could have traveled more. Oh, you, you, you know, you had more left in the tank. But then you get done after a day where you've just been, you've got everything scheduled out. You had your workout. You ate well. And you go to bed and you're like, man, today I gave everything. And if I have enough of those days, amazing things are going to happen in my life. And I truly believe that. A hundred percent, man. I think that mindset, it's uh, the, the mindset is the most powerful thing in the entire world. Um, if you can have that, that belief, that drive, that motivation that like, this will happen if I just continue to put in the work, it will happen for you. Just the same as like, um, you know, the, the same people who say like, oh, of course this would happen to me. Like this bad thing happened. Of course this would happen. Those are the people that have bad things happen to them all the time. It's because they're focusing on that. They're putting all of their energy and their focus on that one thing, and that's what they're going to find. Oh, of course, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's just you, – you hear people say it all the time, but it's still uh, – it's hard because, um, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that it's so easy to tell people, but it's something that the person has to kind of find within themselves – to develop that, that mindset that's going to keep them going. Um, and all I can say to anyone who's listening is that that mindset and, and that confidence and that reassurance is 100% possible, but you have to find that within yourself. Like someone cannot give that to you. You can know it exists, and that's the most important thing. Dude, I agree 100%. Like if it, to build on that, you have to remember whatever you're putting out Right. You're going to reflect if you're a positive person. Right. And you're doing certain things. That's what you're going to have in your life. Right. And then if you're a negative person, it's the same thing. Whatever you ask for from the universe, whether it's conscious or not. Right. Is what you're going to get. If you know you're going to make money, money is coming. But if you notice that when you stress out about money, you can't make any. Right. Whenever you're stressing out about something, it doesn't change. So you got to be able to breathe and, and know that it's part of the process. You're going to get there. Right. And even more to build on that even more. Like, have you ever, like, let's say you got a new car, right? We'll, we'll use my car. When I, when I had a, when I, before I got a Ford Focus, I didn't pay attention to them, right? But when I got one, I noticed how many were on the road. Does that mean that they weren't on the road before? No, I just didn't pay attention, right? You dial into whatever's important to you, 
Whenever you get a new Sony camera, you're going to notice how many creators shoot Sony. When you get a G Master lens, you're going to notice how many people have G Master lenses, right? It's it's just, it's just like the, the stairs to success in a way, right? That's why successful people find a way to come to successful people. That's why they, they have like the circles that they do is because they're walking up these steps and as they're going, they look to their left and right and there's people right there next to them, right? There's, there's a reason why athletes don't hang out with their fans. They hang out with other athletes is because they're making that push to be better and when they're pushing to be better, they're going to bring people or, or they're, they're going to they're gonna go with whoever's trying to, you know, be on that same path. A hundred percent. And I'm, I'm kind of noticing that right now like now that i moved into la and and my career has been growing um it's interesting to to start noticing how there are kind of like levels and there are people on these levels and everyone on that level knows each other and it's weird because you've never met these people but they all know of each other and they've all been watching each other because they're on that level they're side by side and um i 100 percent agree i think I, I have learned with living with various people over the past seven years through college and whatnot, I have learned that the people you hang out with genuinely affect who you become as a person and, and to be so mindful of that. Um, I think a, a great, um, a huge reason why I'm so productive in everything is because I live with Will, who's another creator who also works really hard. And we really like feed off of each other's energy and we continue to supply each other with that energy and that motivation, that reassurance. And um, to contrast that, the last people I lived with played video games all the time and I became a video game addict, even though I didn't have that addiction before. And so really, be mindful, guys, of who you're surrounding yourself with. Hang around those other creators if you can find them. And if you can't, maybe start looking somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm doing in the RV is I'm, I'm on a journey to find these people to help or, or, or to level up, right? Like not even to be selfish, but just to find these people on the same journey I am and then go up. I was just going to say um, whatever <laughs> I've, I've noticed, too, like what, what you said is funny. On social media, all my favorite creators all follow each other. When you go and mm-hmm. like on these podcasts, I'll, uh, I'll I'll have a podcast with somebody and I'll look, and the creators on one of my podcasts are are being are, are following or you know are followed by that person, and vice versa. So it's it's this crazy narrative, right? Like oh, it's just you, I don't know. That that's kind of the idea that I had, and I agree with that, man. Like. Uh, I feel like if you are struggling, like I'm from a small town and I'm getting out of this small town. I've been back for a year and a half trying to focus on family. And I noticed that, you know, I've been kind of on my own and uh, having to keep myself going. And there was a period before COVID. COVID was kind of a wake up for me where I was going to go to college and get because I'm a veteran. I was going to go to college and get paid to do so and then just save up that money and then and then just basically settle. Right. And then COVID happened open my eyes. I quit that job that I had at GNC while I was waiting for to get accepted into college and get paid and make a little bit more money. And I went to Hawaii and started creating full time again. And so what I was going to say, one piece of advice, if you're, if you're independent or you feel like you don't have those people around you, surround yourself with those people online, right? If you have to w- wake up and watch a YouTube video from a creator to inspire you, if you have to listen to a motivational speech, if you have to listen to these podcasts, whatever it is, find somebody that's uh, on your level or a level of higher, right? 
you know, don't 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 shoot too high. So whatever they say is resonating with you, right? But listen to these people and then build your circle that way. You can build your circle remotely. Yeah, and I think now more than ever we're seeing that. I mean, every everyone's building remotely now. Um, the networks are expanding faster than ever. So yeah, I, I agree with literally everything you just said. But it's, it's it's been a learning experience. And I mean, speaking of which, what's something you wish you knew coming up as a creator? What was a mistake that you used to make and you fixed and kind of helped you get to that next level? Oh man. Um, part one of that question, something I wish I knew and something I wish everybody knew who was going to be in the creative industry is, uh, is really understand the sacrifices you're going to have to make if you truly want to be successful. Um, you're, you're going to have to sacrifice, you know, parties with your friends, family holidays, uh, vacations. You're going to have to maybe work every single weekend for a few months. Uh, you may not have free time. You may be working 12 hours a day for three months straight on a project that is driving you absolutely nuts. But if you love it, it is 100% worth it. But um, I think a lot of people truly aren't willing to make those sacrifices or they try to do this and, and they realize, oh crap, there, I have to sacrifice a lot of my time and my relationships to make this work. But um, it, again, if that's your goal, if that's your dream, I do think it's worth it. But do keep those people close to, as close as you can because your relationships and your friends and your family are so important. They're the people who are always gonna have your back and support you even when you're you know, off in Hawaii doing a shoot from your uh, away from your small farm town you know um another thing is uh like really just go out and create i i know that seems so so simple but if you want to be a creator and you're not grabbing your camera like at least once a day to take a picture, then what are you doing? Like the, your practice is going to make you so much better and experimenting is going to help you develop a style and help you realize what you like and dislike um, about for your photos or videos and that's gonna help you improve. Um, so yeah, acknowledge the sacrifices and just force yourself to go create even when you don't feel like it. Just five minutes a day you have no excuse to not have your camera in your hand for at least five minutes a day. Wow, that's powerful, man. That's I, I agree wholeheartedly. And it's it's tough sometimes, you know, you get that creative block or, you know, you get so used to the area that you're in, right? You get kind of complacent. Like for me, I grew up in this town. And so when I grew up, I got out of here as fast as I could. I lived in, after I got out of the Marine Corps, I lived in six states in a year and a half. For, in a year and a half, and I came back here, like I said, to be closer to family and to figure out where I wanted to move to. And I was, uh, I've been traveling remotely from here. And when I go to Hawaii, that's not a problem for me. When I go to North Carolina, same thing. Denver, Philly, Phoenix, L.A., Vegas, wherever I go, those are all places I've been since COVID started, right? And um, when I go to these places, my camera seems to be in my hand constantly. When I get back here, you know, if I'm not really, like, cognizant about it, I find myself picking up my camera less and less to the point that I'll go on a shoot and I'll go get go to get paid and it'll be that uncomfortable feeling because I'm like 
oh yeah, this is what it feels like to hold my camera. And so, you know, if you can find the beauty where you're at, right? If you're going on an evening walk, take your camera, set your ISO high, and try to take some nighttime photos. Take some star photography. You know, go out in the middle of nowhere. Like, like do these little challenging things, or or do these things that you know are, is going to make you better as a creator, right? If you're not used to shooting flat profile, switch it in there. Go and and just take like shots of you walking by the camera at different exposures and color grade them, right? Little stuff like that. That way when you're on a shoot, you can get the most out of your camera. And I was going to say, we were talking about um, how gear is, is getting like crazy. I am so excited to see photo editing is crazy, especially Lightroom. Like what you can do with a photo just in there before you even put it in Photoshop is crazy. Imagine when you can do that with video via color grading and then where the photography editing is going to go. But yeah, there's a lot in a little amount of time. Yeah, video color grading sucks. <laughs> it took me so long to figure that out, and I still don't feel 100% confident in it. Um, I, I have two more things I want to touch on. These, these are things I teach to my students in class. Is One, um, the only difference between a photographer or a videographer uh, is the only thing that, that is different between a photographer and videographer and a normal person with a camera it's just intent. It's simply thinking about what you're doing. And I think a lot of uh, creators, when they start off, um, they're just taking pictures, and that's great. You're having fun. You're going around. But if you can start thinking about why you're making certain decisions, why, are, why am I framing them up this way, or how does my angle affect perspective. If I'm shooting somebody from um, down below looking up, it's going to make them feel tall and powerful. If I shoot somebody from a top-down angle, it's going to make them feel small and weak. How are my decisions affecting the overall image? I think that um, is a great way to start learning and thinking. And I also think um, that you should look back at everything you do and everything you create and make a little list of things that you really liked that you did and things you feel like you can improve on and don't see that improvement like oh i need to improve in this area don't see that as a bad thing guys you can improve in that area and that's the super fun part is you can get better at it and that's um i think that mindset shift going back to that i see a lot of my students going oh like I could have done better. And I'm like, yeah, you could have, but that's awesome that you can do better than this. You know that, and you just need to work towards it to achieve it. Um, so, yeah, sorry, that was my, uh, my little rant. <laughs> I love it, man. That, the passion really comes out in those rants, and that's why I, I've been ranting a little bit too is because that passion just, like, bubbles up to the surface, surface and I love hearing that, especially on this podcast, and people are going to feel that, and that's that's why I think this episode is going to impact people. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, I had, oh yeah, this is, if you're trying to be a freelancer, if you're trying to make money, say yes to things, even if you don't feel 100% comfortable that you can do it. Don't do something that is wildly outside of your comfort zone. I mean, if you're a photographer, don't say you can do special effects. But if, if your <laughs> skill sets are close enough, say yes to it and just figure it out. I don't know how many people I've seen who have tried to go into freelance, and they, the reason they don't get any work is because they're either not confident to say yes, or they'll just flat out say, 
oh, I don't know how to do that. I can't help you. But the, the vast majority of uh, my success, I think, is because I said yes to things that I didn't know how to do. Hey, can you film a music festival? Yeah, sure. Hey, can you film a wedding? Absolutely. But I had never done it in my life. And so what did I do? I just went on YouTube. I looked up. I watched so many videos. How do you film a music festival? How do you film a wedding? And then I went out and did it. Granted, it wasn't that great because it was my first time doing it, but that opened the door to allow me to start my own wedding company in Virginia and to shoot more music festivals. And I would have never had that opportunity if I had just told them, no, I can't do that because I've never done that before. You know what? You're absolutely right. Uh, I'm going to wait till Steven Spielberg calls me up. Or I'm not going to wait. I'm going to make him call me up, and I'm just going to rent a red cinema camera, having never used it before in my life, and then hope I can get the job done. Hmm, well, that, you I'm know, just kidding, I'm just that kidding. may be a I little just, too out yeah, of the comfort yeah. zone. <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to play on the, uh, you know, don't, don't go too crazy. Yeah, no, I've never <laughs> flown a helicopter, but I'm going to hire a helicopter crew to help film my Hell next YouTube yeah. video. <laughs> that would be epic. Um, You'd blow the budget I, on the first phone call. <laughs> yeah, uh, my I've got ten dollars. You think you can fly in helicopter all day? Um, a, a huge thing you said I think is also really important is don't wait for someone to contact you, guys. No one is going to know or care about you because they don't know that you even exist. You have to tell people who you are. You have to show people what you can do. And reach out to people, ask to shoot for them, collaborate with them, and don't just say, oh, if you ever need photos, let me know. Like, give them specific examples. If you ever need product photos of your latest items, give me a call. Or, you know, provide that value in there for them so that they can go, oh, well, who's this Joe guy? What value can he provide me? Oh, he can, he does travel photography? So... I could send Joe my products and he can take pictures around the United States with my photos and I'm a travel brand. That's awesome. You know, find that where you can provide that value to people. And uh, yeah, now I don't even know where we started because my rants just go on forever. Oh, <laughs> no, I've, I've got us on track, man. No worries. I was just going to say. Good. I'm glad. This is a, in. Yeah, this is a powerful part of the episode. I think this will this will, uh, you know, help people. We should we should come up with a segment for you, you know, playing on rain, like, uh, you know, like hey, whenever I'm gonna, I'm the gonna say something. Report. Yeah, the oh, that's great. I was gonna say, hey, um, oh, I, I had something. I was gonna say, hey, uh, rain of knowledge or something like that, right? Like, I, I was gonna <laughs> say something. I was gonna make a point and just say, hey, drink can I, uh, from the rain of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll just do that. Whenever I have something I say, I'm like, can we get the weather report on that? Dude, a hundred percent. I I would love that. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay. And I wanna I kinda wanna go over because that's a powerful part of this episode. And I know I said powerful before, but like truly I think that is a part that is gonna help a lot of people, especially if they're within their first, you know, couple years of of uh, being a creator. But let's kinda go over some of those things again and I'm gonna ask you a question that kind of um it's not that, but like like it plays into that. Why do you think that the term starving, starving artist exists? Why do creatives at a certain level struggle to make money? Oh, Let's get the weather man. report on that. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. The, this just in. Cloudy uh, 100% chance of rain. We have a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> Got a, a cloudy storm coming for all of the newbie freelancers. Um, 
No, I, I think a starving artist is frankly just kind of a rite of passage that you have to take as a creator. Um, you know, it's a common saying because I think it's 100% true when, when any artist starts off, whether you're, whether you're photography, music, whatever, it's hard to make money at first. Uh, you kind of have to prove yourself to the world that, hey, I have value here. Um, I think a lot of people, when they're starting off, uh, frankly, the, the clientele they're going for either doesn't care about them or they just don't need them. And so they're either not willing to pay or um, they want to kind of haggle their prices down because they're like hey you're new at this like uh, i don't want to pay you hundreds of dollars and the newbie would of course say well you're right i am new at this i guess i shouldn't be charging you that much and they'll probably back down um so i think it's that lack of confidence and experience and um i also just think people don't give it enough time i think that's the number one reason why People say like, oh, being a, an artist isn't a viable option. It's because it, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen even in a year. Um, you know, I think it, it took me about three years of being a starving artist before I started to actually be comfortable as an artist. And, um, but I was willing to go through that, and I think a lot of people would have just been like, oh, I, I can't do this. It doesn't look like it's going to work out. I think what it is, right, my personal affliction with that, and I'm kind of pulling myself out of that, right? Like uh, I've made money, but it's been the money I've needed to get by, right? It's been the money that I need for the trailer. It's been the money I need for rent. It's been the money to kind of survive, right? And I'm working into making that money to get ahead and truly start to thrive. And what I believe, you know, something that my personal vendetta with it is that it's it's you you grow your experience, right? You 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 go all in on this craft. You get this passion. You get everything about it that you love. And you build your skills, right? But you don't build your mentality. You don't build like like you know your your headspace about being a creator enough, right? So your skills are up, and it, it kind of for me, right? I have a certain belief, and let me just kind of like like put this together for myself. I think what it is is there's five stages of development, right? And I believe when you're a starving creator, you're on the cusp of something great because you got to think the first stage is unconscious incompetence where you start, right? You, you, you don't know how bad you are and you don't know what the path ahead of you looks like. You just pick up something and you develop that interest, right? You, you, you hit a shutter button and you snap a photo and you're like, wow, I just froze a moment that would otherwise be lost in time. Let's see where I can take this, right? And then you move on to the next stage of development, conscious incompetence. You practice to develop new skills, but then now you realize how bad you are, right? And so when you're pulling out of that conscious incompetence into conscious competency where you develop some of that confidence, but you're not quite there yet, I believe between those two stages is where the starving artist comes from, right? Because when you get to the conscious competency, you develop that confidence, right? And then when you get to an unconscious competency, your muscle memory is there, your confidence is high, and you're off to the races. I believe that's where Manoa is at. He's teaching people. He's getting things going, right? And then we're all striving to push for that unconscious mastery, confidence in all areas of our skills, and that is the zone that we're all pushing to be in.
I, I 100% agree with that. I love how you broke that down with the, the levels. And I think that that makes absolute sense. That was basically what I went through. Um, and I, I also think another huge reason why they're starving artists is how many art schools teach you the business of art? None. Like there, there's, there's very little that I know of, very little art programs that actually teach you how to sell your work and how to be a business person. And, uh, and again, this is something I teach my students about, like, listen, being an artist and a creator is awesome. And, it, it's, it, and it's, it's an awesome thing to do. But if you, if you want to make money off of it, you have to stop thinking like a creator and you need to start thinking like a business person who sells creative stuff. And, you know, you need to start researching, like, how do I negotiate with clients? How do I talk with them? What should I price myself? And if you guys want a really good resource for that, um, uh, not sponsored at all, but The Future on YouTube, F-U-T-U-R, uh, excellent creative resource for business people and how to negotiate. I actually learned a lot from them. And I was also very thankful that I had a mentor to help me. Um, granted, I found my, that mentor and I recommend that every beginning person finds a mentor to help you uh, walk through that entire process. Because a mentor can you know, give you years of experience in one sentence. They can just say, no, don't do that. Do it like this because of this. And bam, you just got three years of experience in one quick sit down. Um, so yeah, that, that taught me a lot too, having someone to walk me through that who had been doing it for a while. I love that. It made me think of one thing that's kind of funny. Uh, it made me think of like a used cars car dealership. Like, hey, welcome to Joe's used photos. <laughs> no credit checks, zero down, used photos. <laughs> Yeah, no one wants uh, used photos, I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no, you're absolutely right. Like, um, like, like as a creative, especially if you're going to school, I didn't go f to school. I started my YouTube journey or, or just creative journey making food challenges on YouTube, right? But when you go to school, you flex your creative muscle and you, you become a, a, an, a, a great artist. But then, you know, you, you have to put that other piece to the puzzle together and be an entrepreneur, a creative entrepreneur. And then you have you have a whole new journey you have to undertake. And that's why it takes so long is because you spent these three years being a creator, two years or however, however long, right? And you, you spent that time just kind of flexing that creative muscle without even thinking about, you know, it's that, it's that unconscious incompetence. You're building that skill without even realizing that now you've got to get your mental state where your uh, creative skills are. Yeah, and, it's, and I think a lot of naturally creative people are not naturally business-minded. I think that's um, it's just a trend that I've noticed, and maybe it's because they haven't you know, put in the, the effort to learn or the thought to learn behind it. But I feel like a lot of artists, just from my experience, are generally a little bit more quiet or a little bit more timid, and so they're kind of scared to bring that up. Um, granted, I think we're starting to see, see a big shift in that with social media being so big. Everyone's kind of getting a little bit more bold and saying, like, hey, like, hire me. And that, sorry, I, that's, 
that just reminded me. Do you, do you know who Yes Theory is? Yes, I do. And I know that Will started – well, he, he uh, did that video challenging them to hire him. So, yeah. Yeah, guys, like Will, Yes Theory, if you don't know, is one of the biggest YouTube channels uh, on the earth right now. And my roommate, Will, literally just made a video, which I helped film, um, <laughs> made a <laughs> video for plug. them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just saying like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I can do. Hire me. And they did. And he, he created the logo for their brand and helped design some clothes. And that launched his career so much because he just put that little bit of effort, that one day of effort, making something and sending it to somebody and saying, this is what I can do for you. Give me a shot. Dude, yeah. And I, I remember I, watching I, that process. I didn't know who the hell Will Carmack was. And then all of a sudden I see that video and I was like, huh, that's interesting, right? And then I saw the reaction to the video and then I watched that whole process because, then I, yo, yeah, it was just crazy to watch. And it's it's almost like, I've had so many moments like that, like, like not my life. I'm not saying that I've had those personally, but I've seen a lot of those moments come full circle where I'll watch someone and I'm like, oh, you know, who is this? And then I watch him grow and develop and I watch him do something crazy like that. And then all of a sudden somehow we cross paths, whether it's social media or not. Right. And so it's just life is crazy, man. Life is crazy. It's very uh, I feel like the creative world is very serendipitous. I mean, we talked about it earlier. We're like, everyone kind of knows each other. You'll go to a party, uh, you know, before COVID and you'll run into people and you're like, wait a minute, you guys know each other? Like you worked with this person and it's, it's so cool. God, I love the creative community. Um, especially now, I, I feel like it's just getting more and more collaborative, um, uh, probably because of TikTok. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm just excited for the whole creative world in general i think we're moving towards a very fun um and interesting like renaissance of creativity see i'm so excited to be a part of that creative world i want to be you know that kind of guy where i can just reach out to a buddy and then just go shoot with them like i've shot with a couple of creatives and i've had a lot of cool experiences with them but i want to be i want to feel like i'm part of that creative community not just like on the outside of the pool party looking into the chain link fence i want to climb that fence and jump into that pool with everybody else you know what i mean listen man i i think that may be something you just have to deal with for your entire life <laughs> until you, until you've like truly made it to the very very top because uh i think almost every single artist i know no matter what level they're at even somebody as successful as yes theory like they have imposter syndrome they don't feel like they should be there they feel like they're maybe the the lowest person on the totem pole in their group um and i just think that's something they that everyone kind of has to to face and you have to keep pushing yourself like use that to keep driving yourself to finding those people um and you know i i came from a small town as well a uh, small farm town and i moved to the capital of virginia um i moved all around virginia new york city um and even now la looking for that creative community and i found bits and pieces of it i found you know maybe like three solid friends that I could count on, but I never found like that squad 
they're they're all just kind of scattered about. So uh, I'm on that search with you, man, and I think most of us are. Hundred percent, and I get that. I mean, imposter syndrome is very real, and I for me, it's not as much as about imposter syndrome. I guess like just personally, like I said. I agree with everything you said. I'm not I'm not taking away from that. But for me, it's like being in a small town, I'm isolated, right? Like, um, you know, somebody like Gabe DeSanti could say, hey, I'm in New York City. Let's meet up and shoot. And if I'm in New York City, I'm getting on the subway and we're shooting, right? And then even if I feel out of place, if I just do that enough, then eventually, you know, I'll, I'll feel like I belong there because I'll have put the work in and I'll feel like I deserve it, right? But being in Nevada, I can't just like, oh, cool. Let me just, you know, hop, skip and jump to New York City by noon today. And so I'm, that's why I'm excited for, for the RV is to be able to immerse myself into that. When I'm in L.A., be able to get into that. And, and what I'm doing to, to kind of further that is I'm doing these podcast episodes with creators, right? And because after these podcasts, I just love how I get to learn so much. Like I see people pop up on Instagram, right? And I see their posts. But now I get to learn and peel back that post and see who they are as opposed to what their online presence is. And so I'm just so excited to be able to – create with other people i'm so excited to have these podcasts to keep going i'm so excited for the collaborations for the projects i get to work on for the the long talks into the nights that i'm going to have and just everything you know because life is truly amazing dude that's i love hearing that i i love your passion and your energy that you're bringing to it and uh, especially as someone who um not that you're just now starting your journey, but I feel like you're, you're starting to take it much more seriously now. And so it's, it's exciting for me to hear that energy come from you because that's exactly what you need to, to make this stuff happen. You need that energy and that drive and that leap of faith, and you have all three. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you don't know how much I appreciate that. But I agree there because... I literally got the words, not your average, tattooed down the left side of my neck as kind of, yeah, as kind of a testament. Like, not your average Joe has been my identity for a while. And, I mean, my name's Joe, and so it's just played together really well, and that's what I strive for. But that tattoo, like, I got, I have four tattoos. I have a Polaroid on my bicep, on the right bicep. I've got not your average going down my neck. I've got take advantage every day with mountains coming out of it on my knee. And then I've got this travel tattoo on my right hand. It's um, a way, it's like waves ocean waves with a palm tree coming out of them and then there's a bird and a plane flying in the air and it's like my travel tattoo and so these are little reminders to myself like i got these for a specific reason i want to get a whole photography sleeve in the future but the not your average like people said oh you know hand tats aren't classy neck tats aren't classy whatever else well i got that neck tat as you know like you quote unquote you can't get hired anywhere right you can't work for anybody else right and that's a good thing for me because if i've got no fallback option then I've just got to figure out a way to make this work. I can't go work for a sheriff's office and get comfortable if I've got this neck tattoo. I can't just go be a flight attendant and then live a good life, but maybe it's not that good life I, I felt like I was destined to do, right? So I got that as kind of a testament to work for myself and do what I need to do, right? Man, those are such good reminders that you definitely took it to a little bit of an extreme with if you purposely did it on the neck for that reason but i think extremes work really well i mean i i work great in extremes um where i just you know cut myself off from something or dive a hundred percent into something because it's that that instant mindset shift it's jumping into the deep end of the pool and not knowing how to swim when when you give yourself 
no other option, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. And sounds like that's kind of what you were doing there. Well, it's funny because if I look at you straight on, you can't see the tattoo. But when I turn to the when I turn to the right, you can't. When I turn to the left, then you're like, oh, is that a is that a tattoo? So like it's it's discreet. I'm not like you know I don't have this giant like dragon on my neck or anything crazy. <laughs> but like I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh yeah, I have that right. And I see not your average. And so if I'm feeling down or if I'm if I'm trying to face that man in the mirror, I look at that and I said, no, I'm not facing the man in the mirror. I am the man in the mirror, right? And so. It's not necessarily so I couldn't get a job, right? I'm not I'm not obnoxious with it, but I look at it and it's it's that side profile and it's like boom, this is who I am cuz I could I could get it removed very easily, right? Um that's possible nowadays, but like I said, when it's that close to like, you know, to me, right? Like it's it's right on the side of my neck. It's a part of me. It's who I am. And that's going to translate into my way of thinking and how I handle my myself in situations, right? If I'm like, man, I'm not a good creator, I can look at that neck and say, I wouldn't have gotten that tattooed on my neck if I wasn't a good creator and good at what I do. Yeah, I like the, those reminders to yourself. And I don't have any tattoos, but um, my roommate and I, about like twice a month, probably debate if we're going to finally get tattoos or not. Because uh, even he, he's looking at me right now, he's like, mm, maybe. Um, oh, right I think now? there are such cool reminders. Tell him I said, of, hey. Like, of what you set out to do. What'd you say? I said, tell him I said hello. And uh, if you guys get a tattoo, it should be like an arcade tattoo. <laughs> Joe said get an arcade tattoo. Like Pac-Man or something. He said he'll get a Galaga on his forearm. Oh, perfect. I was going to think cool. like oh, Pac-Man. What if, what if it was like picking up a camera? That would be, that so, would be so cool. Dude, dude, hear me out, right? Imagine Pac-Man with a little director's hat on, and instead of the little balls, it's little cameras. Oh, my God. I'm going to pitch that to him right after this. Perfect. We may go get a tattoo today. Dude, let <laughs> me know if you do, because it sounds sick, right? <laughs> that, that does sound super cool. I love that. And simple. Like, all my, all my tattoos right now are simple. I'm going to get a full sleeve. Um, but, yeah, I mean, speaking of tattoos, right, it sounds like it's out of your comfort zone. What is currently the most ambitious goal that you're pushing for right now? Oh, man. Um, let's, let's give this audience, like, a, you know, we're telling them to do all these things and how to do these things. Let's give them an example right here. I love it. So this is actually uh, something that's kind of interesting is uh, I don't necessarily have ambitious goals. I have ambitious directions I want to head and I create like smaller goals to lead myself in that direction if that makes any sense Um, because I feel like if you have super ambitious goals sometimes you either get blindsided or maybe overwhelmed at least that's how I am of like oh I've got to achieve this great thing but as long as I'm heading in that right direction I know that I'm good and I can build off of that but um, currently, I think the most ambitious thing I, I'm heading towards and, and directing myself towards is going like full force into education. So um, I work with NAS Daily and the NAS Academy as an educator. Uh, I used to teach uh, the video course, and I recently created their entire photography master course. And um, I've been having a lot of fun with that with 
building and, and teaching these people and I'm looking to expand to that and eventually start creating like my own services, like pre-recorded classes, live classes, coaching, um, and stuff like that. But getting that all set up is something that is probably going to take, <coughs> excuse me, probably like a, a good two months to build all of those resources and, and get the connection set up. And so that's kind of where my, my main focus is, at least for the next few months, is building that, that education platform. Dude, and the best part about that is the possibilities there are endless. I'm literally so pumped for you. And I'll tell you um, something I haven't told. I think I've told maybe, maybe one person. And here's like a little like side quest for me. We're going to call it side quest because life is a, a, is a video game to me, right? Like it's just crazy and Dude, anything I, I can happen. I the same way. Yeah. And so a little side quest I have is when I quote unquote retire, I'm not really going to retire because, you know, I'll retire when I die. When I'm being lowered into the ground, that's my retirement ceremony for me. Right. That that funeral. Um, but when I get up to a certain age and I start slowing down a little bit. Right. Like, uh, you know, I've got that house. I've got those kids. I've got everything going on. I want to go and be a teacher. Right. Like 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 legitimately, whether I'm teaching photography classes, whether I'm teaching like if I'm a substitute teacher, I would just love to like start off as like a substitute teacher teaching like second, third grade classes and really being able to teach kids how to believe in themselves and kind of give them those those like not recipe for success. But like, hey, here's something school's not going to give you. Let's sit here and realize that, you know, knowing the exact day Christopher Columbus landed in the Americas isn't as important as self-belief as self-confidence, as, you know, knowing that when you go ahead, you can do anything you tell yourself you want to do. You don't have to listen to these outside people. You don't have to listen to your parents. You don't have to listen to anyone other than yourself. If you want to be the first, you know, um, or if you want to be, you know, one of the few African-American Navy SEALs or astronauts or anything like that, you can do that. You don't have to settle with being, you know, um, I don't know, a, a mechanic or something like that. You can be an you can be an auto engineer even if you have no idea <laughs> what an engineer is, right? Or or what they do or how to do math. You could do anything you want. And that's kind of that uh little um thing I want to do in my life. I what's so funny that you brought that up is I was going to be an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I I I loved building things and I was totally about to go to college and major in civil engineering, but my art teacher uh, convinced me otherwise. And she said, uh, hey, like you should really uh, focus on art and maybe try out photography and videography. And she kind of pushed me to, to go do it. But man, I 100% I agree with you. Like, you know, you, it's difficult for people because your entire life, uh, at least in America, you're, you're raised to say like, listen, you're, you're gonna go to school, you're going to graduate high school. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a job. You're going to have a family. You're going to grow up. You're going to die. Like, it's the same cycle that we're taught for, like, 20 years of our life. But, you know, you, you don't have to do that. And I think that's kind of a revelation that people are having more and more now. It's like, wait a minute. I don't have to go do all of these things. I don't have to, you know, do these things because people are telling me to do these things. I can just go do what I want. And that's such a, a crazy revelation to have is that you do truly have complete control or not complete control, but you mostly have control over your life. If you're in a bad situation or a negative situation, 
that you don't like, a lot of the times you can just leave. It may not be the easiest thing to do and it may be complicated, but it is an option. If you want to go do something, you can just go do it. Like I, I love to travel. Uh, and before COVID, I traveled a lot. I had so many friends message me like, oh, I wish I could travel to here. I wish I could travel to here. And I'm just like, listen, guys, I guarantee you in your bank account, you have enough money to go travel there right now and be there for a few weeks and come back. You may not have like a lot of money when you get back, but you have the money to do so. I just think um, safety is a great thing, but it can also hold people back because they're they're unwilling to put themselves in that unsafe situation yeah i mean but, yeah, uh, not uh, not right. unsafe but maybe a, a high risk maybe a, a better way to put it safe sounds like like health dangerous I don't yeah know. <laughs> well I, I do some dangerous stuff i love cliff jumping i love doing all that and yeah, fuck i mean that. T- <laughs> well i went skydiving in hawaii and scuba diving in the same day for the first time you know, wow. um, so, yeah, so I, I would love to go skydiving and I would only do it in a place like Hawaii because it's well, so let's beautiful. Go, man. I, I couldn't do it in like the middle of Nevada or something where I'm just <laughs> looking at desert. <laughs> Dude, I could do it anywhere at this point, but what was crazy? Do you know who Jay Alvarez was or is? Uh, I've definitely heard the name, but I, I'm not exactly sure. Well, he has his like skydiving license. Um, I, I think it's a AAE. I don't know what it is exactly. I think it's an AAE license, right? But he was. I went to the Pacific skydiving, and I looked at him. And because I've seen him on Instagram, like I knew kind of what he looked like. But I looked. I'm like, why does he look so familiar? I didn't talk to him because I couldn't put my finger on it. And then afterwards, I'm talking with one of the skydiving instructors. Like, oh yeah, that was Jay Alvarez. I was like. Oh, you mean the guy that's got like two million followers on Instagram? Like, and it's not the followers that ma- matter to me, but it's just like, right there is one of those revelations of like I can literally do anything I want, and it's such a small world. Like, w- I don't want it. We we didn't cross paths. He has no idea I exist or anything like that. But it's just so crazy. I'm looking at him like, where do I know you from? And then it hit me, and I was like, I don't know. It's just crazy, right? But uh, I will tell you. Jumping out of a plane. I used to be a parachute rigger. I used to be a. I, I worked on survival equipment in the Marine Corps. So I, I you know, I like I packed parachutes and I, I, I worked on like vests and ma- the the oxygen masks and and everything like that in the Marine Corps. And so I could be working for Boeing right now, but I chose the creative path. And you know, um, I wanted to kind of full circle that experience by jumping out of the plane. You know, I've got a parachute or I had a parachute on my apartment wall that I packed. And uh, now it's in my mom's basement because I'm packing everything up. But uh, where I was going with that is just, you know, it, it, skydiving to me remind me of my creative, you know, um, journey and, and kind of any journey in life. Like like you think of something you want to do and you get so excited for it. You get pumped. Right. And then all of a sudden you pull the trigger, you take that leap of faith and then you set an emotion and then you get nervous. And then you're like up the whole night before you're like, oh, my goodness. Well, I didn't know I was going to skydive, you know, that day. I wasn't supposed to. I was supposed to go scuba diving, but I had an opportunity to come up. And, you know, I, I, I take that leap of faith, and I really had to trust myself, right? Like, you have to push past that kind of, not anxiety, but just kind of like that self-doubt. You get into the plane, right? And then you go up, and it's just the, uh, I don't want to say anxiety, but it's, it's the anticipation that kills you. As you're going, you're like, man, 
I'm getting there. I'm finally getting there. I'm doing what I want to do. And then it gets to the point where you're like, man, I just want to jump. I just want to jump. It's not necessarily fear, but that anticipation. You're just so ready to make the jump, right? That when you make that jump, it's the most freeing and beautiful thing. And I look at that as kind of the not conclusion, but just where you finally reach those goals. And you, you get a second to look back how far you've came. When you're looking you know, a mile or two down at the ground and there's an ocean below you and there's there's land there, it's an amazing feeling. And what's crazy is, you know, that's probably the less stressed out I've ever been in my life. And I say this because you have one problem in this world and it's nothing, you're not even focused on it, right? You're focused on the beauty and the scenery and everything just slows down for a second, for like just a split second. And you're like, man, this is serenity, right? This is amazing. And then what happens is then you remember that one problem in your life that you have when they pull that ripcord and the parachute opens and then your problem is solved and you're going down to the ground and in that moment where you're going down to the ground, there's no problems in life. You're perfectly content. Everything is amazing. You hit that ground and then that's when the problems start up again and then that's when a new journey happens. Wow. That That is like a lot to unpack, but that is, I think it's, the perfect uh, analogy for how that feels because I'm just imagining when when you go to jump out of that plane you're so terrified and you're like god this is it am I gonna do it like ah I gotta do it and you jump and you're probably screaming for like the first 10 seconds you're like oh my god I'm falling and then you're kind of like screaming and laughing like holy shit I'm falling and then yeah that that ripcord goes off and you're just like I'm at peace, like everything's okay. And now I just get to like float and feel light and free. And uh, I, like, I like tying that all up. Yeah, you hit the ground, you, you hit another problem or obstacle or life comes back and you just do it all over again. See, what's crazy is I had the craziest first skydiving experience. I agree with that. Um, I like to look at it as I was flying, not falling, right? I was just flying toward the ground, that's all. Um, so no big deal. It's just falling, but style. Yeah. (laughs) But what was crazy is I knew I was in for a ride when my instructor was Russian and he had a beard ponytail. I was like, okay. And I I had one thing I wanted to ask him. Did it have some beads in it? Not quite. I think he took them out. Um, but (laughs) his name was Victor. So you, you don't get any more like, I don't give a shit than that. Yeah. Hello. My name is Victor. We jump out of plane. Let's go. (laughs) And so... Um, I'm asking, I'm like, hey, man, when you pull that parachute, how do I make sure my nuts don't get cra- trapped? So he pulls the harness up. He's like, pull your shorts out. And he's like, cool, you got a little pocket. And I was like, dude, this guy's cool. And I'm like, hey, I don't want to wear those, like, cheesy goggles everyone wears, you know. I wanted to wear a helmet. But, like, you know, I didn't want to, like, look like an idiot. But he's like, no, I got just the perfect thing for you. And we had to wear a mask because of COVID. But we had one of those, like, um, I don't know, like like what you wear going skiing or snowboarding or something, like those face shields, right? So we wore a face shield and it was like a it had a clown like smile on it or something like that. I'll send you the picture if you want later. And then he gave me these pink bejeweled like glasses. Nice. These giants and I'm like, "Perfect. That is definitely what not your average Joe would jump out of a plane with." And we jump out of the plane. <laughs> yeah. And uh we jump out of the plane and the parachute's pulled. And and 
it, it was funny because I didn't even scream at all. Like, I jump out, and I'm like, wow. And then all of a sudden, a guy with a GoPro comes in front of me, and I'm like, cool, time to focus on the camera. So I'm posing for the camera. I'm doing that thing. I just went creator mode, right? Just kind of like that lifestyle influencer mode. And then he pulls the parachute, and he hands me the, the, the controls, the steering. And I was like, okay. So I'm just, like, flying through the air. I, 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 like, gently pull it to the left, gently pull it to the right. I'm having fun. And he's like, no, like this. And he grabs the left one, and he yanks it as hard as he can. And we literally do an aerial flip. Like, um, the parachute stayed in the middle. We went around the parachute to the left, right? And we went, like, one and a half times, and then he yanks it to the right. And then we're up, and we're, uh, we're, we're looking down at the ground, like, horizontal to the ground and now we're flipping the other way and that was my first experience skydiving we're doing these flips like in the air and i am just like hell yes this is amazing like in the moment you're like what's going on but like as it's happening you're like (laughs) the first thing i could think of is how many people has has had like an experience like this because it was high winds and you know they had the the professional guys in there and he was like I asked him many times he's jumped. He's he said like tens of thousands, right? Like like a ridiculous amount. And I'm like, Victor, just hit it. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and um, Full then all of a sudden we come down and we're gliding right at the top of the ground like 50 miles an hour. And the first thing he tells me like before we go down is like, hey, whatever you do, don't put your feet down. I'm like, okay, cool. Until he he said until he tap uh, ta- he taps me. And so we get down. And I was just like, that was, like, I'm shaking right now thinking about it because it was just amazing. It was so incredible. And then to, to like, not even have the time to, I mean, I processed it for, I don't know, 30 minutes, maybe an hour. But then I'm on the road to the beach, and then I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the water and then scuba diving. And it was just like, we're looking for sharks. And I'm looking, and I'm like, man. This is that's where like the, I said life feels like a video game like I'm, I'm uh, like it's like when you're playing Skyrim and you're on this main quest and then you stop for a second you're like okay cool I gotta start knocking off all the side quests it's like all right cool skydiving scuba diving acai bowl Hawaii you know you just start knocking these like random side quests off that's what it reminded me of yeah guys the acai bowl is crucial to your success and development if you don't have that you can't be a professional creator I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. If if you can't eat fruit or dairy, um, you just you just can't make it in this industry. So uh, get out of here. Sometimes, you know, you just got to shit your pants a couple times for uh, those lactose intolerant people. Listen, like, man, we don't make I've the rules. I've shit my pants for some shoots. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> I told you that in the beginning. Hey, why hear pants wet? Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, we're gonna take uh, this shot from down low. Look down at me, put your <laughs> finger out. <laughs> oh no! What's that smell? Don't worry about that either. Yeah, uh, I just haven't bathed in days. You're like, yeah, I'm wearing a diaper, so we're good. I've got I've got <laughs> some mileage on this baby. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that that's true documentary style filmmaking. You wear a diaper so you don't miss any moments. You can just you can just poop right there in the moment. Don't miss it. Dude, I, if I was a documentary filmmaker, I would literally have a go-kart um, porta potty I would have a motorized porta potty <laughs> with like a – uh, go ahead. I need to request that on my next shoot. Yeah, man. Just like hook the camera up to it or even a GoPro. And then all of a sudden like, oh, that's crazy. You just throw that thing in drive and then uh, open the door on the toilet and you're just – it's a steady cam almost. 
Wow. And then you're off to the races. Man, you could be taking a shit and be getting a great dolly shot at the same time. <laughs> you're doing a, what is that, um, where, you, uh, where you're walking towards something or you're driving towards something and you're zooming out? What is that, that dolly? Uh, Hitchcock zoom. Hitchcock, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just hitting one of those? <laughs> yeah, that'd be excellent. I'm going to... I'm I'm gonna figure that out logistically on my next shoot for sure. I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. Well, one of my bucket list items it would go really great with it. I want to get a box truck. I want to buy one and turn it into a mobile photography studio. Ooh, yeah, you know what I mean. But we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna ask you one last thing, and I, I want some banter here, right? And uh, this is gonna be the question that wraps up the the interview here or the the podcast. And this is a powerful question, right? Or, or this is. This is the power question. I don't want to say powerful. This is the power question of the afternoon, right? We're going to get your weather, weather report on here. In. Yep, weather report's coming in. And like I said, we'll get some banter afterwards. But what is a piece of gear that you bought that you thought you were going to use all the time and just never used? And then on the flip side, what's a piece of gear that you kind of bought and you, you weren't expecting much from it, but it ended up being vital to you? Ooh. Um, gear that I never use is extension tubes. What's that? Um, so you, if you guys don't know what a macro lens is, it just helps you get like super, super close to your subject and get these incredible detail shots. Um, but you can also buy these things called extension tubes that fit on the back of your lens onto your camera. And it basically turns any lens into a macro lens. Um, the downside is that you, you lose autofocus and you need a ton of light. I mean, like some incredibly powerful lights, which is why it was kind of worthless to me. Um, and it just, it just doesn't look as good, but they're super cheap. They're only like 20 bucks. So not a horrible investment. Um, but a piece of gear that I was just kind of like, uh, like, you know, this will, I'll just get it just cause, but I ended up using it all the time is uh, a silk scarf strap for your camera. Cause the, the basic camera straps for your cameras, they, they're rough. They like rub on your neck. You can kind of get like a rug burn sometimes, um, <laughs> especially the way reminds I me shoot. New York city. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. Like, and, and like the way that I shoot, um, I hold my camera out, and so the strap is uh, pulling against my neck, so I have stability. And so I just spent fifteen dollars on a silk scarf strap, and it's so comfortable, guys. It is like a cloud is gently kissing my shoulders and my neck, and it feels amazing all day. Highly recommend. And they come in a variety of designs if you like to uh, get funky. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's anything creators like to do, it's get funky. Mm-hmm. Hondo you know? P. Also, get a camera cage, everyone. Camera cage, like a small rig? Yeah, dude. Small rigs are the best thing ever, especially for TikTok and Instagram now, because that's how you can easily make your camera shoot vertically on a tripod. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm going to have to get one then. I, that's the one thing I don't have. My mom got me this weird, like, uh, it looks like a horseshoe kind of thing, but it's like this foam grip on it. You put the camera on, you can put the, the monitor or the, the, the microphone up top, and she got it like a, you know, it's nothing crazy, but it's that little, like, handle, so you can, like, you know, uh, handheld shoot better. And I'm so yeah. excited to try It's so simple, but I love it. And then I've got, uh, so for me, she got me that, 
And, you know, I didn't ever think of getting it, but now that I have it, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to use this whenever I get a chance, right? I'm just going to handheld, right? Or just whatever, like, let me just do it. Um, I will say a piece of gear I thought I was going to use when I was shooting Canon, when I had a Canon 70D, I got a T6. I didn't get the T6i because I was looking for a backup camera. I was going to start vlogging a lot, and I was going to get something that I could plug a mic into in case my other camera broke and still use the same lenses, right? And so it didn't have the mic port because it was a T6, not a T6i. And then the quality drop-off was crazy, and I was going to take it as like a hiking camera. That way if it broke, whatever. And then I just realized, why don't I just take any camera that I have hiking. I remember I, I hiked, I filled, I have a low pro. I filled the entire bag up with all this gear. I had a gimbal with me, the Ronin S. I had a drone. I had three lenses. I had a camera. I had, um, it was for the pure gold CEO thing for Michelob Ultra. And I hiked 10 miles with like 60 pounds of gear just to get all the shots that I wanted in my head. And it was the best worst thing ever. It was like, yeah, 10 miles round well, trip I in the canyons and it was <laughs> when I like it w and I went to like a uh, a glacier like like a gla or um yeah I mean it's a lake it's uh, called Liberty Lake out here in Lamoille Canyon right outside where I'm at and it's like glacier water and it's freezing and and every time I get up to a lake I strip down I put all my stuff down I jump in I get out I dry off I continue hiking and so I threw the the beer in there and I don't drink very much right but I was like hey if I'm gonna you know try to be Michelob Ultra's Pure Gold CEO, I got to support the company, support the cause, right? And so I got the Pure Gold can of beers, a 40-ounce, and I forgot to bring food because when I pack, I get all the camera gear, and then I forget that I need things to sustain life. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so I brought, like, little stuff, but I had, like, a fruit cup, a 40-ounce beer, and, like, like, that's all I had all day, hiking 10 miles. And so it was the best-tasting Beer, like if if a beer company is trying to get people to drink their beer, take them on a ten mile hike with nothing but a beer, and it's oh they're gonna love it. They're gonna love it. And so I put it in that water. It's ice cold. I'm like sitting there resting, and then I get back, and I will tell you, I and I, I just been roofing for the week. So like uh, the day prior, I couldn't even put my heel all the way down to the ground. But I listened to some David Goggins. I'm like, no, nah, I got to get this done. I've got a deadline to hit, and it was such a crazy experience. I know I went like a long trail there, but um. I was going to say one of the things that I didn't think I'd ever going to use. I never, I never would have bought it if it wouldn't have been offered with my Canon or my camera. Um, it was like a, like a package I bought from somebody and, uh, he ended up not giving it to me. So I went ahead and bought it anyway. And it was a Ronin S. I use that stuff for client shoots so much. I freaking love it. I use it whenever I can for my YouTube videos and B roll, like, uh, the videos in the RV. And I thought like, I, 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 found it hard to justify spending five or 700 or 800 or however much it was on that if I wasn't going to use it and I literally love it so one of my pieces of gear that I've used more than I thought I would was a Ronin and the thing that I shouldn't have bought was a Can Canon Rebel T6 yeah the that Ronin um honestly I I feel like I value my Ronin a little bit more than my camera just because like the Ronin isn't just a gimbal. It replaces your slider. It's a crane. It's an automated machine that you can get like special effect shots with if you know what you're doing. Um, you can clone yourself easily with it. You can do moving time lapses. Like it replaces so many bulky pieces of gear. It's just so incredibly valuable. Um, just be mindful for anyone who wants one. It takes a while to get used to, but you can also like customize the controls to fit 
your needs if you're willing to put in that time and effort. At this point, I feel like it's literally like an extension of my body where I, it just knows where I want to move because I've tinkered with those settings so much. Dude, if you want to be a cyborg, you want to be Terminator, get it Ronin. Get the Ronin. And you know then, I mean? uh, And then wear the Ant-Man uh, helmet that Will has. God, that helmet is so cool. I mean, he yeah, spent like like two fifty on that outfit, but it looks <laughs> like the actual Ant Man outfit. It's so crazy. I love what he does with it. I want to get into like watching your guys' stuff and Zach King makes me want to get into the visual effects of things. Um, but I've I've been taking my journey. Like one thing I got to do is I got to get you know into Photoshop better. I got to do more of the graphic effects. But what I do well is more of the filmmaking, cinematography aspect. Um, and I'm getting better at st- storytelling. It's just being a creator is hard because there's just so many things that you can focus on and you really have yeah. to stay, you have to really pay attention because you can go on a tangent and then try 10 things and do things 10 th- or do 10 different things mediocre or you can do one thing really well. Yeah, That's what, I mean, yeah. especially with video because with video you have to be a good storyteller, a good filmmaker, a good editor, a good colorist, a good narrator, a good interviewer. Like, you have to think of so many things. And I think that gets really complicated for a lot of people. Um, and if, if you guys feel like that, if that's something you're like, I don't know where to start, I highly recommend that you just focus on one or two skills at a time for each project. So, you know, for your fir- for your next project, really focus on your composition and your audio and see what you can learn from that. Look up how you can improve that. And once you get comfortable with that skill, get comfortable with a new skill because you start opening your mind up to new things. Once you're comfortable with composition, you can approach any shoot and just know how to get good composition out of it. Now you have so much more free room to think about all of these other aspects like your lighting or storytelling or whatever but uh, i think joe said this towards the beginning it's all about the story doesn't matter how good your stuff looks it doesn't matter how flashy you are what effects you use what matters is that you're telling a good story guys Boom, right there. I think, you know, with that being said, that's where we're going to end the podcast today just because, you know, I think that wraps everything up wonderfully. Manoa, I appreciate you. I appreciate your weather reports. Thank you for being on here. I think this episode is how I mean, I, I got to think of a better uh, verb than powerful or adjective. I don't know what it is. Um, what's something, you know, uh, we, we could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of something with weather. Um, it has been uh, um, a striking experience. I'm trying to think of like lightning striking. I don't know. Uh, a downpour of information and value. Um, a flood of wisdom. Who knows? But man, Joe, it's it's been awesome. I had a lot of fun here. Um, and I'm really excited to, to continue watching you grow and uh, as a podcaster, as a creator. Um, and yeah, man, let's do this again sometime.